behind the scenes at Score North and 1500 ESPN have sports opinions. So they want you to hear them. It's the perfect digital sports soapbox to scratch that Minnesota sports itch. This is the Score North Taxi Squad. You know, they say what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Well, that rule definitely applies to uh, Josh Jobs' chances of starting at quarterback for the Minnesota Vikings again this season. Oofta, welcome into another episode of The Score, North Taxi Squad, everyone. My name is Jason Stormer, along with Artis Woods and A.J. Fredrickson. You can find this podcast on scorenorth.com, the Score North mobile app, Apple, Spotify, and if you want to see our beautiful faces, go to the Score North YouTube channel. Welcome in, everybody. We're happy that you're here. And uh, yeah, three to nothing, the final of the Minnesota Vikings uh, win. Yeah, it's a win. It kind of doesn't feel like it, but it is a win over the Las Vegas Raiders. Fun fact, though, the Minnesota Wild also played that night against the Vancouver Canucks and also won three to nothing as well. So, guys, I'll leave it up to you. Which uh, three nothing win did you find yourself more compelled with, the Wild or the Vikings this past Sunday? Well, obviously the Wild. I mean, <laughs> right? you hope for that many points in hockey and in football it's like you know i mean that may have been and i'm not exaggerating (laughs) that may have been the worst game i've ever sat through bro like the whole time i'm sitting there like when is it gonna end (laughs) like are we gonna end in a zero zero tie is there gonna be a sub you know a substitute at quarterback is there is this is there gonna be anything that changes about this football game I do want to applaud the defense of both teams this Vikings defense is serious yo yeah it's I've seen enough weeks of it just playing lights out and it was lights out again obviously we don't rave too much about the Raiders offense but for you to hold any team in the NFL to zero points is an accomplishment in today's day and age but oh my goodness I'm sure we're gonna dive more into it but that that game I mean, what did we see? Like 17 punts? Like, throughout the game? Like, we saw like a, a total of, I don't know how many sacks between the two. Was it like nine sacks between the two teams? Yeah, nine sacks. Literally 17 punts as I look at the numbers again here. <laughs> I, I mean, that that was the ugliest. But, 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 guys, the Vikings won. And that's what matters. You all throw it with a dub. It was ugly, but you got to win. As you guys give me the, the stank face when I say that, like, ugh. Hey, a win is a win, man. You got to take him yeah. when you get him. So, but yeah, it, was, yeah, it was ugly. That was such a bad game. Like, I'm not a huge college <laughs> football guy, but I know, like, the meme of every Saturday, you see the screenshot of, like, the possession changes for every Iowa game. And it's just punt, 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 punt. And that's what the Vikings and the Raiders did. Like, is that what Iowa fans put themselves through every Saturday <laughs> during the college football season? That was That was torture. I had, at halftime, I was like, I had the remote and I'm like, my hand was shaking. I was like, Bill's Chiefs is just on the other channel. <laughs> I can do it. No, it, like I, not often do, does watching the Vikings feel like a chore, but that was a chore. That mm. was just so bad. It wasn't fun. It sucked the life out of my Sunday. Like, like it could have been a sunny day, but that's just like sitting right over every Vikings fans head and Raiders fans for that matter was just a cloudy, like a dark gray cloud. So uh, not fun. Hopefully that is the last time we, I, I would, frankly, I would rather them lose in, I, I would rather them lose in like a 60 point combined game than win with three total points for the entire game. <laughs> I would rather them lose in a shootout than win that game. That was awful. 
um, wow. strictly for entertainment purposes. And I know that's maybe some people are going to be like, oh, you're wrong. But, whatever. Um, but yeah, you know, um, ugly. <laughs> U-G-L-Y. But uh, hey, you know, we move. We, we, we move, as they say. And uh, the next move is to the Cincinnati Bengals, which I think is a pretty salacious matchup for Nick Mullins and the rest of this Vikings team. Yeah, and it was announced officially that Nick Mullins is going to be the starting quarterback for the Minnesota Vikings after he took over for Josh Dobbs and that offense about, like, what, after a drive into the fourth quarter after that last series with Josh Dobbs, KOC pretty much said, ah, that, that's enough. We need to spark this offense. I got to ask you guys right off the bat, though, do you think a move should have been made a little bit earlier in the game? I mean, look, I Josh Dobbs did the main thing that I wanted him to do on Sunday, and that was not turn over the ball. But still, there was just no life with that offense, even going into half. So do you guys think they should have pulled him even a little bit earlier, despite him not t- him in the offense not turning the ball over? What do you think? Guys, notice I had to take the glasses off. Oh, guys. oh, I didn't even see. Oh, this is serious. Okay, everybody. Red alert, red alert, oh my glasses gosh, oh my. off. DEFCON 1, DEFCON 1. This you've heard of, you've heard of guys. Hoodie Carmelo. You've heard oh. of headband LeBron James. Welcome <laughs> To glass glasses list artist woods. I'm gonna get that, under. That, I'm gonna get under the, the table. Pressure yeah. now to yeah. live up to expectations is so high now. No, I'm gonna get under my desk like the kids like that they did like in the 50s for nuclear warning tests and stuff like that. Because you're an Eagles fan, and if you got a hot take about this, I'm just a little bit nervous. So I'm gonna duck and cover. We're, we're, we're gonna we're gonna leave the Eagles alone for a second here, going through some problems. But look, look, I'll say this about the Minnesota Vikings. <laughs> Me and I'm are both going gone. to say this. <laughs> I'm going to say this until I'm blue in the face. Put Jaron Hall in the football game, please. (laughs) Please. Give the young man a shot, man. Give him a shot. Like I said before, we're not there at practice. We don't see what's going on behind the scenes. But for the love of God, we got to deal with Nick Mullins. No shade towards Nick Mullins. Mullins. That's not what it sounds like at all. Yeah, uh, no, no, no. Why would you th- even th- say th- that? This is the thing. It has little to nothing to do with him and more so to do with the Vikings moving on to a young quarterback and seeing what you have. That's what it's all about. That's what it's been about from day one to me. You got Nick Mullins out there. Is he good enough to win a game or two? Yes. Is he good enough to lead you down the field and put up three points to win a scoreless game for the most part? Yes, he, he's he's good enough for that. He went in, you know, he made some plays, he got you downfield, you know. Hey, it's great. <laughs> great. But we know what he is already. He's a decent backup quarterback. At some point, he's going to look just as bad, in my opinion, as the quarterback Dobbs just looked in one of his worst games, because we know his ceiling and we know his floor, Mullins, that is. We don't know that about Jaron Hall. And the only way to find out, besides what you see in practice, is to throw him in the line of fire and see what you have. I am standing on this hill. I may be on this hill alone. I was so disappointed to see Nick Mullins trot out there. I can't say I was surprised because Jason has been saying for weeks that he's the backup. He's going to go in and play, and I understand that's cool. That's cool. That's fine. But guys, I don't I don't like this at all. I, I don't. And again, I'm not at practice. He could do Jaron Hall could be in practice looking awful, and I could just be missing the boat on this completely. And I don't have to own that, but until I see it, 
until I'm proven wrong, I want to see what the young guy has at the quarterback position. Um, I, I want them to move forward in that direction, not put a guy and Nick Mullins out there just hopefully just sneak into the playoffs and maybe win a playoff game. And, you know, and it'll probably be the same thing with Jaron Hall, but at least you'll know what you what you have going forward. But, yes, to answer the initial question, yes, a change at quarterback should have happened last week. I felt like it should have happened before the bye. But you throw Dobbs out there, he still, I mean, he had, what, 40 yards at the start of the third quarter? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, they should have made a, a move at quarterback sooner than what they did. But, luckily, it, it did not cost them another game. Glasses back on because I can't I can't see. So I can't put these back on. <laughs> That's okay. You don't want to see the box score of the Eagles game anyway. This oh, past week. Sorry, yeah. Yeah. Um, back to yeah. We'll move past that right now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, Jesus. Uh, Kevin O'Connell's quotes um, about he was asked and then he answered about why he made the decision to opt with Josh Dobbs coming out of the bye and paraphrasing he was essentially like you know Dobbs was like a fourth or fifth round pick or whatever and he you know he's bounced around to a bunch of different teams and it seems like going into that bye week like you have that breaking point you have that kind of buffer that's when essentially most if not all of the other teams that Josh Dobbs has been a part of has kind of given up on him and Kevin O'Connell being like a third round guy himself kind of ha- like having the mind I think of what an elite quarterback could be but just didn't have like the athletic ability to back it up he could sympathize with it um and he didn't want to you know take be he didn't want it to be a you know a fluky two weeks that we saw and like you know maybe maybe it's the the confidence of having your team back you out of a bye week like that that Josh Dobbs needed to bounce back and that's all well and good, but that's what happens in Disney movies. That's what happens in DreamWorks movies, and that's not what this is. This is the NFL. This is Minnesota yeah. Vikings football, and yeah, we all no know. Here. The, well, listen, we I maybe, think there maybe. is. There, I don't know. know maybe script, in New York right now, well. there might be a little bit of a script in New York right now. There is a script with the Vikings, <laughs> and it sure as heck doesn't end with them winning with Josh Dobbs. Unfortunately, uh-uh. um, I, like as, as as tough it is as it is to say, and this is easy for me to say sitting at my house right now, not, I don't have to make that call, but there, I mean, you should have made that. You should have made a change, whether it is Nick Mullins or Jaron Hall out of the break. We saw what Josh Dobbs is. And granted artists, you and I were, I think nailed it. Uh, not, not to say that you were flat out completely wrong, Jason, but you know, I would say artists and I were more <laughs> right than you were wrong. Um, yeah, that's I, I, did, fair, I, fair. I just don't like, I just didn't think that, like Justin Jefferson was a set. You're essentially adding like that one screw that the Ikea like coffee table didn't have in the box. He, he wasn't the table part. He was like a screw and it's a really nice screw and you really need it. Don't get me wrong. It's a a key screw, but that Mm -hmm. doesn't make the table. You still have to actually throw the ball to that screw. And I, I, it's, it, 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 he didn't get some help. I'll give him that. Like it wasn't like it was the worst game by a quarterback I've ever seen, but it just wasn't good enough to where you deserve to finish out the game. Nick Mullins comes in, and the thing about this guy is he has some stats in his career that match up that are pretty solid. Like, he avoids sacks surprisingly well for being a guy that has been essentially like a career back. I mean, he's come in in certain spots. But the also the problem is, and you saw this almost on the very first snap he took coming in for relief, 
is that he's prone to throw the ball to the other team. That mm-hmm. that TJ Hawkinson ball, he, he skipped a stone across the lake with that one. That hit off the DB's hands and bounced right to Hawkinson, who reeled it in. And mm-hmm. that's what my concern is moving into this weekend. Um, but there is some there is some bigger things about the Bengals that we'll talk about at some point. But at this point, focusing on the decision at whose quarterback really as long as that number is not 15 taking the snap i'm fine with it uh jaron hall as much as i want to see him i understand and am going to respect kevin o'connell's decision um at least i'm going to respect that decision until he burns me a few times in a row i was not the biggest fan of the josh dobbs reanoint uh coming out of the bye week but hey i'll trust him you're the one seeing these guys 18 hours a day or something like that. You know, you're watching all the film. You have the experience. So I'll trust you. Now you're going to Nick Mullins. You did make the right choice in my mind of making the switch mid game. So that earns those, those points back. Um, But you know, if Nick Mullins comes in and like my fear is the interception ball, if he throws two or more in the first half, you got to think about getting a guy named Jaron Hall in there. Um, Young explosive firecracker kind of the that mysterious question mark that you don't know really what he is and that is scary but sometimes you have to go into that scary unknown before you really know that hey it's just a it's a it, it's a high talent uh sparky young quarterback or you go in that and you cross the mist and oh it's a it's a black murky swamp and now i'm stuck in quicksand and i can't get out so <laughs> um nick mullins i think for the choice in starting the game he is experienced he's a seasoned piece of meat in the sense where he's been there before this is not his first rodeo um he's gonna go in there as like a calming presence for this offense and he he has the tools that put him in a spot to succeed it take this for what you will it came straight from the horse's mouth but justin jefferson told i believe like a 13 year old or a nine year old hey i'm playing this week while doing a like a holiday shopping event um, mm-hmm. so it, it's not like he's going to be missing Justin Jefferson. He's not going to be missing TJ Hawkinson. He's not going to be missing Jordan Addison, uh, missing in the sense of they're playing. He might miss them with the balls. He throws, we we'll have to see if that's the case, but, um, yeah. he's a calming presence in the sense where I think given what this team was set up for at the beginning of the season with Kirk cousins, he fits that mold a lot better than having to turn the table on its head and now adjust to a guy like Josh Dobbs. So I think Nick Mullins is the probably the right pick, but also the safe, calming pick for not only the team, but for the fan base as well. Yeah, it's the easiest choice because it doesn't upset the apple cart as much as it would be starting Jaron Hall. I mean, you, you've got that locker room in complete win-now mode, and you need to make a decision that is win-now. And so you just you, you got to be hopeful, like you said, AJ, that, that, this con- that this coaching staff has just done their due diligence, has done the work. You said this too, artists did the work through the bye week and just realizes that this is the best decision that we have to move forward. Although, okay, and I'm not saying this as of like, oh, I still want to see Josh Dobbs in the future of the Vikings. I, I don't. I think the nail is pretty firm in the coffin in that regard. He, he can't start again for the Vikings if you're serious about winning here in 2023. But there were some things that were stacked against him. Uh, We haven't mentioned the play of the offensive line in that Raiders game. That was the worst showing that our offensive line has has 
showed all season long. Granted, we dealt with some injuries. Uh, Ed Ingram popped up on the injury report, missed the game entirely. I don't know how much that was really on people's radars, but then we had Brian O'Neill go down with an ankle and or uh, so, some kind of leg injury, and then Dalton Reisner also went down for a little bit with an ankle injury and uh, had to miss a little bit of the game. Austin Schloman had to come in the game at left guard there. And then you had J.J. leaving the game early, too, after just a couple of drives. Uh, granted, the throw by Dobbs was terrible, and it left J.J. in a very vulnerable spot. So, that you know, that's kind of co- the comeback to that. But I, w- I will admit that there were some things that were stacked against Josh Dobbs that kind of set him up to fail. And again, he didn't turn the ball over. I think that was the biggest thing that Vikings fans wanted to see in this game. But there was just no spark from that offense. A lot of drops, too. K.J. Osborne, man, a lot of drops from him in this game. Mm-hmm. Had a couple contested balls. But, I mean, some that he, he, he's got to reel those in. And it was really disappointing. Alexander Madison also was dealing with some injury issues as well. And his availability for the Bengals is kind of up in the air as well with Brian O'Neill. So it was kind of just a perfect storm of failure on the offensive side. And, you know, you just, you got to move on from it. I mean, we really didn't think it could get worse than the bears game guys. And it somehow did. And so this, this is the right move. Um, but you, you, you guys are justified though, in your wanting to see Jaron Hall. I think a lot of Vikings fans, especially after this week now, more than ever are really more open to that idea. Um, Nick Mullins, yeah, I mean, yeah, he he stabilizes things like we said, but in terms of elevating this team, it's it's I mean, guys, we're on our fourth quarterback now in the season. I mean, I just don't know. I just don't know where the ceiling now is with this team. And so, I mean, we'll, we'll get into our predictions a little bit with the Bengals. I'm I'll already preview a little bit. I'm not going to be too terribly optimistic, but. I mean, the only thing that's going to save us now, I think, really, is is just leaning on this defense. I mean, this defense is just so elite now. It's so crazy what Brian Flores has been able to do. Ivan Pace is a budding superstar before I, our eyes as an undrafted free agent. He, I believe, was the NFC Defensive uh, Player of the Week. I think that was announced uh, fairly shortly. Um and so now more than ever, I'm just convinced that we're going to re- have to rely he- like as heavily as ever on this on this on this defense, because, man, even if Justin Jefferson is able to come back and is able to actually like be healthy now, um, kind of like AJ said, I don't know just, you know, how much he's going to be able to hold up the table. That is the Minnesota Vikings. How good of a screw is jo- Justin Jefferson? You know what I mean? And so, yeah, I, I know I've been terribly, terribly optimistic about this club and I'm rooting for wins. And, yeah, I'll take a three nothing victory um, in Vegas and I want us to continue to win. But, yeah, more so than ever for me, the thoughts in the back of my head are really just more louder than ever about just, OK, what can we do to position ourselves now for 2024? Because I, honestly, I don't. I don't know how I'm optimi- how optimistic I am that the Vikings are going to be able to hold this playoff spot. I know that everything worked in their favor this past Sunday in terms of other NFC teams that are in the same logjam as them uh, kind of worked out that way. Seahawks lost, the Packers lost, Rams lost, and I don't even want to talk about any of the NFC South teams. They're pretty irrelevant if you ask me. So <laughs> even, even after, you're right. And so even after just what felt like a loss in Las Vegas, you're still in a pretty dang good position to to make the playoffs as the Minnesota Vikings, even if it means a trip ultimately to San Francisco or or Detroit. But I mean, like, we got to be honest with ourselves: the way that Detroit's playing these days, Detroit uh, is to be had. Yeah, Detroit I don't know. You still got to play them twice. 
Um, like but again, else. I mean, can we expect any level of consistency from this Vikings offense moving forward, no matter who the quarterback's going to be? It's just we've hit such a low floor, guys, that I just, I just don't know if we have what it takes. Stinks me. I'm usually the optimist around here. <laughs> hey, really quick, going back to the really good, really quick, going back to the start of your 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 talking points here. You use the expression, um, "It might upset the apple cart." That I've never heard that really expression. I've never, well, I've never heard that expression. Oh. This is the second time. The other time was a week ago watching Survivor. Uh, my guy Jay, he's from Boston, so it's hilarious. Just listening to him talk is the only reason I want him still on the show and to keep moving on every week. It, what does that mean? I don't. He he because on the show he was talking to this girl Katura. They're sitting on the beach, and he's like, "Yeah, I don't want to upset the apple cot." He's from Boston. Um, <laughs> and, she, and she and she gave him like a. Is that is that an expression? He goes. I mean, I think so. <laughs> I think it just it means to ruffle feathers, right? Like okay. to not create what is like an apple not... cart. Is that like like literally a cart that somebody's selling apples on? Yeah, you're literally like you tip it over, and then all your apples are ruined, and then you can't you can't sell them to the townsfolk and stuff like that. You you ruin an entire good batch of apples to make ciders and pies. That's upsetting the apple cart. It's like ruffling the feather feathers and stuff like that. You don't want to like cause like creating either, tension yeah. and stuff like that. I mean, like, I don't know. I, I it might be a dated mode, reference. But... I don't. I don't know, but it might be a dated reference. I thought I've heard that once or twice. No, I, just, the apple like, cart. I just wrote yeah. would it. Okay. Yeah, okay. no, I like I I was just so shocked because like the past week I was like that wasn't an expression he just messed it up I like I was trying to figure out what did he actually mean and then you just use so maybe I whatever okay sorry I that was I didn't need to clear that up need to clear that up that that and the in season NBA tournament two things that just AJ is not really just oh, entirely no. clear on stuff like hey, congrats that. Congrats to the Lakers I guess you know yeah, yeah man shout out to the Lakers man get into let me ask you that banner yeah let me ask you this let me ask you this really quick off topic. If how, what do what do one of the in season tournament championships equivalent to an NBA finals championship? Is it like if you get two of those, does that make it up? So no, like, I'm, yeah, well, like, I'm thinking no. what do, what do LeBron stands? What can they leverage that in the goat conversation? Right. Like Michael Jordan doesn't have one. Michael Jordan that... doesn't have an in season ring. I mean, yeah, you can just say that right there. You can just say that right there. It's just not the same I, thing. Though, you know? I think the only thing they get you rings, can by say... the way, do they get rings for this? What what kind of bling and swag do the get, players get for this? They got like a little a medal. They get the okay. trophy, the they get a bunch of cash too. Yeah. They got straight cash. up cash. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that's that's pretty much. Which it. actually, you know, that's kind of cool because, like, I think that like doubled like some player salaries. You know, like deep bench warmers. So that's that's actually kind of cool. yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, cash, he definitely how about doubles. that Vikings defense. Am I right? <laughs> see, that's and that's only thing I'll say quickly is I think <laughs> I think LeBron helped legitimize the tournament by taking it so serious. I'll say that I don't know how you could leverage it in a goat debate unless it, it you, continues to be a great you know, tournament years down the road and something they continue. But if it's here one day and going in five, then it ain't going to matter. But what? would you say that the NBA script writers maybe did the right thing with having LeBron win it first before anybody else? Yes. Yes. I okay. I'd agree. I'd agree. <laughs> but, but they're Jason, busy right now writing, uh, writing the terms of Draymond suspension right now. Oh, they're, they're busy right now. Those we, writers. We will get to basketball in a hot second. Well, I yeah. want to say this. Yeah. We don't know what to expect from this Minnesota Vikings offense. But to the defense, we know what to expect. This defense has been lights out. And against a team like the Lions, who just lost to the Chicago Bears. But so did we, you know. That is true. The Bears have been better lately. And if they wouldn't have blown that game in Detroit in the first place, they'd be one of the hottest teams in the NFL right now. That is true. That's weird. I don't trust them. I say that to say, just like the Vikings can be had, I think the Detroit Lions right now are on a downward spiral, and they could be had as well. They're not losing to the best teams in the league. They're losing to the Bears, just like 
the Minnesota Vikings just lost to the Bears. So I'm really interested in seeing those two these two teams match up in the coming weeks. Um, those two those two games will be interesting, and I think those two games will have a direct impact on if they meet in the postseason. What we should expect, and honestly, it'll be the third time you see a team. So the you you'll know that team. They'll know you, and you'll have an opportunity to potentially knock them off. I mean, it, it the part about this that sucks is you know. I've been saying all season, I don't think the Lions are going to lose the division. I don't think this is going to go awry, da 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 But the way these guys have been looking, if the Vikings were able to stay healthy, keep Kirk Cousins at least on the football field, the Vikings really could have went on a win streak and knocked them boys off yeah. and maybe snatched the division. And that's, I think, that's the saddest part about this season. Don't want to bring up the bad news, but just saying, I just had to think about that the other day. Like, man, if Kirk was healthy, dude, the way this Lions team is playing, I'd have nothing but confidence that the Vikings could knock the Lions off you know, yeah. I'd say oh. at least two times, maybe split with them in the regular season and then maybe beat them in the postseason. I could see that. Um, but again, you just never know. You never know. Yeah. We got to take this thing one one week at a time. And they about to see that boy, Jake Browning. <laughs> hey, we didn't need him, huh? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Jake Holy Browning. Cow. Guys, last two weeks, man, Jake Browning's been on a heater. Yeah. Who we needs got, Joe Burrow? Never heard of him. I mean, my goodness. I mean, we, we got one week against the Jacksonville Jaguars where he throws for 351, or, I'm sorry, 354 yards and a touchdown, 32 of 37 passing. And you got another week where he throws for 275, two touchdowns, one interception, 18 of 24. This is. Mm. Yeah, where is this coming from, honestly? Mm. I, I, I mean, don't know. I don't know if Cincinnati just knew that this guy was legit or not, but it's just like – and did I can't remember if he stopped somewhere in between Minnesota and Cincinnati. I don't think he did. I think he went straight from here to there. Maybe so maybe the it's Vikings – It's not like he's been bouncing around a la Josh Dobbs, you know what I mean? Maybe so. the Vikings are not very good post-Kirk Cousins at evaluating – Quarterback talent. I'm just saying. Hey now. I'm just hey now. saying. Hey I'm, just, I'm just saying. KOC hasn't even gotten a chance to draft a quarterback uh, yet. How could you say uh, that? How could you say I'm that? I'm just saying. AJ McCarthy. Did go. You know, I'm just saying. <laughs> oh gotta, boy. Gotta throw that, that out your, there. Is that your no. guy, AJ? JJ McCarthy? Do you want that's, him? No, I don't care. Really. <laughs> I just, that's the one. That's the one guy I know because he's from Michigan. I I know they're not. The, like who? I like I said. I'm not a college football guy. I know. What's what the it? guy? Caleb James. Williams, Caleb Williams, and Drake May, mm-hmm. Drake Bell are uh, <laughs> first two off the board, and then you got Michael Penix and probably Penix. It's Penix or Penix? Penix. Okay. It's definitely Penix. Okay. <laughs> well, I don't know. There was only there's only one N. We're anyway. fine. I, I I enunciated on the on the X part. Um, <laughs> I'd wink. Um, and then who else? Jaden Daniels isn't he? Isn't he like the Heisman winner? He did win the Heisman. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That was, yeah. Man, that and was the most the, checked out I've ever been in the Heisman. The, I swear, the Heisman. I don't care about the Heisman anymore. You remember when Lamar was just like putting up video game numbers? Like, I think that's so the last fun. time I legitimately yeah. cared about who won the Heisman. I watched I as a kid. I watched I that every night, man. I was locked into the Heisman ceremony show every night, and now it's just. It's just, I don't know. There's just nothing to it anymore. I don't know why that is. It just seems like the appeal and the the, the shine and the pageantry of it's gone. Kind of like a lot of the bowl games these days, you know what I mean? Honestly, so weird that, like, who are the, who's Michigan playing in the Rose Bowl? Alabama? That's not a Rose Bowl game. They should be playing, like, USC or something like that. But I know <laughs> that's just not how it works anymore with college football playoffs. Anyway, what were we talking about? Drake Browning? Yes, Jake Oh, boy, Browning. he's amazing. He's going to 
maybe oh my gosh he yeah i'm worried about him and this this entire cincinnati offense to be real with you it is it is working really well without joe burrow i mean sure maybe the stats have slowed down a little bit for guys like t higgins and jamar chase and stuff like that but they are just not losing just any ground right now now granted it looks like jamar chase is actually on the injury report right now uh it sounds like he will be okay and playing okay all right okay cool uh, well this is a short week earlier today Okay, well, it is a short week, so, you know, you got to take the injury report a little bit seriously right now. Um, Obviously, Justin Jefferson told the little kid that he's going to be playing on Saturday, so we're good to go there. But still, like Alexander Madison, Brian O'Neill, even Dalton Reisner are still on on the injury report. I mean, honestly, guys, it was a 3-0 win for the Vikings, and sure, we love the defense, but do we think that the defense is going to be able to keep that momentum strong enough for the offense to be able to compete in this game, or at least better than they did the last two weeks? Uh, I'm not sure, and honestly, because like I said before, Jake Browning is kind of on the heater right now. He's he's balling now. The one thing that the Vikings do have in their favor, I said this last episode. Now, now it's on time. I get to say it this episode. <laughs> Finally, talking about the right team. Let's go back to um, the future. But right, right. Um, they have well. Now it's not technically what? the worst defense in the league, but they have <laughs> the second to last worst defense in the league. So it's like. Their defense, the Bengals' defense, is not a good defense. They're a tick better when it comes to passing defense opposed to rushing defense, but their defense is not good. And so I'm hoping whoever's at quarterback that KOC can draw some things up to help them get some points. Like, if you can at least get – and I don't know, man, because, again, the Bengals, I mean, last two weeks you put up 34 points both weeks. Oh, my gosh. So you got to hope – if you're pulling for the Vikings to win this game, you got to hope that this Vikings defense, and it'll be a really good test, can hold the Bengals to a round 17 on the road. It's going to be can't tough. can't be more than two touchdowns probably. Yeah, it, it's it's got to be somewhere around that 17-ish, 20-ish mark. I, I lean more towards 17 than I oh, do 20 in this I ball game this in order to – to win this to win this football game. Like I said, the Bengals defense is not good. It is second to last defense in the league. So it is it's not a great defense. So you should be able to move the ball and score some points. The Raiders defense also wasn't that great either though. So like it's it's tricky. This defense is let's just be honest. This defense for the Minnesota Vikings are going to have to carry the Vikings the rest of the way. Yep. It just it just kind of is what it is. You got to hope now Justin Jefferson back in the lineup, thank God. Because I did have a mini little panic attack when I heard he was rushed to the hospital yeah. and all that. But I did see it was precautionary. It's like, mm-hmm. thank God. It's just like, man, the luck. You just get back for your first game. You take a big hit. And now you're going to the hospital. My goodness. But thank God he's good. Mm-hmm. He's, you know, he's healthy. He's good enough to play. Confident. You know, we're good there. Um, so hopefully, you know, with him back in the lineup for a full game, he could give you enough of a push to get some points up on the board against a bad defense. But you got to hope that this Vikings defense – doesn't have a bunch of breakdowns because I mean you're not gonna win a game if the Bengals throw up another 34 points. Yep, it's just not. If they put up 28, this game is lost. Yeah, I don't think you need to be worried about that. When it, 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 I saw a graphic put on Twitter today that was uh, teams defenses that have allowed the most explosive big chance uh, plays at the very top for the least uh, uh, allowed in the league. Brian Flores is Minnesota Vikings defense mm. on the opposite end of the spectrum. We're going Charles Dickens here, a tale of two cities, a tale of two defenses. 
the Cincinnati Bengals. Wow. This, this is this is the matchup that Nick Mullins is walking into, and he should be able to slice and dice as much as Nick Mullins is able to, you know? Yeah. Like this is we expected this past week against the Raiders. Viva Las Vegas. Justin Jefferson is back. Roll up the red carpet. I think this is going to be like the the return of JJ. This is going to be the Justin Jefferson is officially back. There, there, there has been talk in his depart, like since his departure, who's the best wide receiver? Is it Tyreek Hill putting up MVP type numbers? CD Lamb's been having himself a year. No, Justin Jefferson <laughs> is going to reestablish himself atop the podium, and this is going to happen up against Jamar Chase. Two, two mm-hmm. of the best wide receivers in the game. Two of the best young wide receivers in the game, but only one is going to thrive and jive only because on the opposite side of things. Of course, I'm going to need Jamar Chase in a big week in fantasy. I I almost don't want to start him. I'm nervous against a Brian Flores defense that since November has, uh, since the first month the season ended, has been a top five defense in the league statistically that defense has been special man you, you should still start him though i'm, I'm just yeah you, you, you kind of have to start him. you should I'm, still I'm, start I'm, him though i mean you should still probably on, do that i'm putting on the homer here oh okay sorry <laughs> didn't mean to but, step on your touchdown go, no keep going. i'm absolutely i'm absolutely gonna start him. but okay, uh, <laughs> but yeah no it's uh i think i think jj's gonna have a big big week um the defense that i think is gonna be like very sound like they're gonna they're gonna have moments don't get me wrong because you still have jamar chase joe mixon down year ish for him but you like you still know who he is joe mixon Mm -hmm. is still going to put up joe mixon style of numbers um i think they're going to be fine because when it when it comes down to like where this team has been losing guys primarily it's been on the offensive side of the ball unfortunately i know they're still missing like marcus davenport um, like yeah. Brian, Brian O'Neill, um, is ba- very much banged up. It, it, like there's a lot of guys on that offensive side. I think the defense knows, Hey, this is how we're leading the, we're, we're leading the charge here. Essentially. We need to give the offense a chance to just put up a few touchdowns and like be comfortable from that point out. They don't need to put up 28. If you get two and a few field goals, <laughs> that should be enough to win. So, um, I think, I think the defense will be just fine. Um, you guys want to maybe do predictions? Yeah, let's do it. I was going to comment really quick, though. What yeah, is, go ahead. What is the status with Marcus Davenport, though? You know, I, I know that was a really bad ankle sprain, and those take some time, but heaven forbid if we can add him late in the game to that defense and he can look like Marcus Davenport did, what was that, the Carolina Panthers game where he looked really, really, really good, that'd be, that'd be a whole lot of fun, a whole yeah. lot of fun, and Brian Flores would not complain about that. Uh, whatsoever yeah let's let's DJ predict Wadham this has really been good oh, yeah. though yes one has been amazing stepping up i like really an unsung hero on the defense um in yeah. Marcus davenport's absence i mean for sure this guy has been the perfect compliment or, uh compliment to daniel hunter's rushing game so Absolutely. Uh, keep that up and i think everything's fine but yeah go ahead jason all right let's predict this guys let's see how confident we are after the minnesota vikings got a three nothing win in Las Vegas, uh, we usually start with artists, so let's start with artists. Uh, yeah, no, no fake out this time. I got nah, you, man. <laughs> I got you, man. Don't worry. Uh, what do you think is going to happen in the Sin City, the Cincinnati City? Sorry, I'm not very good at this. Uh, please uh, make your prediction so I stop talking. Um, this game, you know, AJ, AJ swayed me. I'm not going to lie, AJ. You swayed me mm-hmm. because I was leaning Bengals. I'm not going to lie. Looking at Jake Browning, the way he was, the way he's on this heater, the way he's playing right now. 
I was leaning that way after watching the Minnesota Vikings offense score three points the entire game um, this past Sunday. So that's the way I was leaning. But ultimately what got me thinking through what you were saying is this game comes down to who you believe in more. Do you believe in Jake Browning against that Minnesota Vikings defense? Or do you believe in the Minnesota Vikings offense against one of the worst defenses in the league, second to last in the NFL? I'm going to go with the Vikings for that reason. Because while Jake Browning is balling, there has to be a cooling down effect at some point, I would think, right? You know, there he's a he's a he's behind now. Obviously, you're behind one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Maybe, maybe you're a starter on another team, who knows? But he is a backup for a reason. And, you know, I'm hoping that Brian Flores is able to bring that to light this week, find the host, figure out what it is that makes him great and not allow him to get to those things and force him into things, into situations that make him uncomfortable. If there's any DC in the league right now that should be able to do it, it should be Brian Flores, the way he has this defense balling. Um, And so I'm, I'm looking at that. And then, like I said, offensively, I just, I don't, I just, I don't know. I, 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 I have AJ. You gave me confidence because again, I'm thinking about the Bengals and their defense, and that that stat you brought up with them being dead last and giving up big plays is a big time stat. With Justin Jefferson back in the lineup now, with Addison in the lineup, um, even with Mullins throwing the football, I'm hoping he doesn't turn the ball over this football game like you brought up earlier, but. For those reasons, I am going to go with the Vikings when I originally was going to go with the Bengals. So shout out to AJ for swaying me on that. Um, I'm going to go with the Vikings, but it has to be a low-scoring game, in my opinion, in order for them to get this done. Because even though the the Bengals' defense is that bad, I still don't have a ton of confidence in the Vikings' offense to put up a ton of points. I'm going to give them 23, though. I'll say the Vikings score 23 points, and they hold the Cincinnati Bengals to 21. 23-21, Minnesota Vikings. Okay. Age? How bad would it be if I picked the Bengals now? After <laughs> I'm not I'm not going Do to. I'll tell you that much right now. I'm picking the Vikings. Oh, I think, uh, like, that would like be crazy, I said, man. I think, I think this Brian Flores defense is going to do the job once again. Uh, they're going to lead the way, pave the way. And I think, like I said, J.J. is going to come out and have a very, very solid day. Um, a very st- like strong start to the game. I don't think they're going to force feed them like they maybe tried to or wanted to against the Raiders. Like they're going to maybe ease it in. Um, show th- we're still going to spread the ball out. Hit Hawkinson. We're going to hit Addison, and then just when you least suspect it, JJ big gain some somewhere in the first quarter, one of the first few drives. Um, right now, I know the qu- it's very questionable for Alexander Madison, but have no fear because Ty Chandler is here. Ty Chandler is going to have a rushing touchdown. You can write that down. Ty, mm-hmm. Ch- I'm not going to say rushing touchdown because they might they might do like a screen or something. But Ty Chandler, he's going to score. I, he's going to score a touchdown in this game. I guarantee <laughs> you that. Um, I think the Vikings are going to win this game, twenty four to seventeen. Twenty four seventeen Vikings. Twenty four seventeen. Okay. The Cincinnati Bengals will beat the Minnesota Vikings twenty four to twenty, and here's why. I knew it. <laughs> I knew it. All right. So we talk about how Jake Browning and this offense, it's it's hot right now, right? And there should be a cool down effect eventually, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I suppose you could make that same argument with Brian Flores' defense, right? Who's to say that, you know, the Bengals offense with these stud receivers, Jamar Chase and T. Higgins, don't expose the Vikings secondary in a way that hasn't really 
been exposed yet this season. You thought maybe Devontae Adams and Jacoby Myers were going to be a problem for the Vikings secondary. That didn't turn out to be true, but that was a lot to do with their quarterback play. But I think it's going to be a little bit more of a problem uh, for the Vikings in this game. I agree with both of you guys. I think Justin Jefferson is definitely going to want to show out in this game, not only because he wants to just prove he's healthy and the same old JJ, but also because he's got his best friend Jamar Chase across the uh, across the field there. And those two are definitely going to want to have awesome games. So I am expecting a lot from Justin Jefferson. Um, at least, you know, hopefully at least a semblance of what we're used to seeing from Justin Jefferson. Um, but still, I think there is a chance that he might be a little bit rusty after having to miss most of the Raiders game. And we'll just I just don't know how confident I am in Nick Mullins, guys. I mean, I know that none of us are really too confident uh, moving forward, even if he does offer the Vikings the best chance to win. But yeah, this defense is a little questionable for the Bengals, but they still got a stud in Trey Hendrickson. I think he has like 13 and a half sacks. He really is the bright spot of that defense. And if our offensive line is in shambles, if Brian O'Neill either can't play or is not a hundred percent that is going to be as much of an issue as max crosby was for the vikings against the raiders also jake browning pretty dang good against the blitz three touchdowns and 120 rating which is obviously the bread and butter of the minnesota vikings i have no confidence in this offense right now no matter who is at helm with the quarterback position um i expect maybe a little bit rust from jj and i'm sorry this receiving core had too many drops against the raiders and some other drops over the past couple weeks that i'm losing faith in guys like Jordan Addison and KJ Osborne right now. I still think the world of Jordan Addison's future, but it's just like in the presence, like, come on guys, like we're having some rough go at it right now. So I think, uh, yeah, even though the Vikings, you could argue, they still are keeping momentum alive with the win in Vegas. It still just was such an ugly enough win that it just is not inspiring me a lot of confidence, at least as the team travels to uh, Cincinnati for the week. So, yeah, I'm going to say 24-20. Uh, Jake Browning gets his revenge against the Minnesota Vikings. So I want to say yeah. this. I want to say this really quick, kind of on topic, but all topic at the same time. As I look at Justin Jefferson's numbers really quick, he's played, what is it, six games so far this season? I think you got like four games left in the season this year. Mm-hmm. Y'all know he's probably still going to hit 1,000 yards. I know. That's the crazy? thing. He wants 1,000. Like sure. he 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 wants it so bad, and you know That's it. Crazy. This guy is yeah. a uber competitor. Like, for what I hear about like Kirill Kaprizov with the Wild and how he you know he goes in there every day and like he's got this drive. He's just got that competitive motor. Same thing about Justin Jefferson. Like I. That's exactly why he told breaking news to a nine-year-old at a Kmart. <laughs> I'm playing yeah. this weekend. He, yeah. he wants a thousand. Whether his agent, doctors, coaches say, hey, buddy, maybe we should pump the brakes a little bit. He's got one K in his mind. And that one K is not in the dollar form. It's yards yeah. receiving. So get out literally, there, JJ, do your thing. Literally, he's at, what is it, five uh, 598 right now. All he needs is 400 more yards, and mm-hmm. I think he's going to get it, which is insane to say a receiver's yeah. going to go for 1,000 yards in 10 games. Like, that's oh, actually, yeah. I don't know how often that's been done. It sounds ridiculous, to be honest. It sounds it's like yeah. Megatron crazy. numbers. It's crazy. Uh, that's that's nuts. But, yeah, yeah. I, just, I just, I was just looking at the numbers and wanted to see what he had done up to the injury, and that's what he's been doing, so. That oh, boy's no, special. Yeah. Glad no. to have him back. Glad he's good. Yeah, and in the negotiating, uh, when they're negotiating for a new contract and stuff like that, he can That's gonna he help. can point to that and be like, "Look what I did in such a limited amount of time." And I was and look still what I did without awesome. Kirk Cousins for half the season. Yep. There's that. And that's too. another huge point. Yep. That's you guys it. need me because you don't even know if Kirk is gonna come back or what's gonna I happen know. with that. So you guys need me. But I think they know that. I mean, you you let Justin Jefferson go. Yeah, I might just leave Minnesota. I'm that's, just saying, I might just go right with it, him. You know. 
Yeah, we'll, we'll shut this pod down if Justin Jefferson leaves the Minnesota Vikings. <laughs> I'm not going to come back anyway. Yeah, so we'll see what happens with the Vikings, hopefully. Uh, hopefully I'm wrong uh, and that they are able to get a win in Cincinnati, keep the good vibes rolling, and at least do anything you can to keep the Green Bay Packers out of the playoffs. That's honestly one of my biggest goals at this point in the season. I just don't want my rival uh, my rival to make the playoffs and this stuff like that. just lost to Danny. What is it? David? Danny DeVito? Danny DeVito. Tommy DeVito, baby. Tommy DeVito. Tommy Danny DeVito. Yeah, Danny Tommy DeVito. Tommy DeVito. Yeah. It is. Yeah. yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, uh, and his family at the game and everything like that, crazy. and his lawyer looking like he's straight up out of the Sopranos and stuff like that. It, it's an absolute. If you know, and the script writers are doing pretty well with the with that part of the NFL <laughs> yeah. season. If you ask me, character, and I love it. Yeah, right. I know, right. I know. It, yeah. It's a lot of fun, and when you beat the Green Bay Packers for the Minnesota Vikings, that's really appreciative too. Because I think a lot of us we're getting a little bit worried about like, oh boy, Jordan Love's playing pretty darn good now. Does this mean that he's going to have a bright future for the Packers? And he's, he still probably might and stuff like that. But just it's, it's nice to just have those breaks uh, checked a little bit. You know what I, I mean? Light switch uh, QB. What did I tell you? Right. Yeah. Uh, second he's of- on. Next second he's off. Exactly. Yeah, you gotta just pump like the brakes the, a little bit. Oh, just like, sorry. The, just like the wolves were off the other night. I was just about to tease. You gotta pump the brakes a little bit on the wolves because they lost to the Pelicans the other day, but you stepped on it, and now okay, whatever. Uh, How yeah, are you gonna uh, have the season you're having? Let Zion Zion Williams because people finally called him out for his uh, conditioning issues, and Zion got mad. And did decided, you guys hear Stephen A. come out and say? Did you Did you guys hear what Stephen A. said about him? I didn't. I, not didn't specifically, but I know the, everybody's word, been talking about him. Word on the street is he'll eat the whole table. That's just what they're yes. saying. Somebody the, the way you said it, he'll eat the table. Oh my gosh, the levels of disrespect! Oh Goodness my gosh. gracious! Like, yeah, and he took his frustration out on the wolves. He scored like thirty some points or something. I he only like missed like a couple shots and something like that. And the wolves lost one twenty one to one oh seven in New Orleans, which was the start of their sixteen game straight stretch of five hundred or better opponents. And granted, the wolves were without Anthony Edwards in that game. He left the Memphis game. Uh, the previous one that the Wolves played, which was a 127 to 103 win after about only four minutes with a hip issue. Um, now, granted, we talked about how like that part of the, at that point in the schedule, that was a little bit fluffy and getting you ready for the tougher part of the schedule. But we talked about when Ant got injured. What was it in the Utah game? I, the I believe game. the Thunder game. Right. And we talked about, hey, hey, you might be able to use this time to, you know, get Ant healthy and everything like that. Well, here, here's the problem with all that, guys. They had that San Antonio game in between all that, and San Antonio is bad. The Wolves would have beat uh, beat them and Victor Wembanyama uh, even without Anthony Edwards. But Edwards played in that game because it was a nationally televised game. It was on ESPN, so you know you're going to want your star players to be out there. And so I'm wondering, mm, maybe. Maybe we brought Ant back a little bit too early from this, and it left him a little bit more susceptible to injury in Memphis. And I don't think it's a serious injury. I think it's day-to-day at this point, but it was significant enough where even after a couple days rest, he wasn't able to play in the New Orleans game. So are we concerned at all right now about just how maybe the Wolves might be managing um, injuries with their star players? Now, granted, I mean, like Jaden McDaniels is coming back, and so that that's helpful, but... And and I know it's probably hard to tell an ant, a guy like Ant no, you know what I mean, especially if he wants to play. But like, oh, maybe maybe we should just reel them back a little bit so he could have been more healthy for this big stretch run that we're about to go on here through uh, Christmas in January. And your last point is what? <clears throat> excuse me. Your you're, last you're point excused. is what? <laughs> your last point is what I was going to bring up. Anthony Edwards wants to play, man, and I know. and I respect that about him. You know, he came out. He had a quote, and I'm paraphrasing because I can't remember the exact quote. 
But he came out a while ago and said, like, if you're good to play, play. Like, I'm not a fan of low management. I'm not a fan of missing games. People pay their hard-earned money to come see you ball out. And so if you're good, if you're, you know, 70%, 80%, whatever, go out there and play, man. Go hoop. That's what you're paid the big bucks to go do. And so I applaud him for going and trying to get out there and play. I I think it was the – I think it was the Thunder game he hurt where he went up and he fell on the hip really bad. And that's been kind of lingering out ever since. Um, So it's a thing you want to keep your eye on. But as long as it stays like a day-to-day injury, I'm not going to pay it too much attention. I would say that they probably should do a better job of resting him as long as he needs to rest just to get him back to as close to 100% as possible. You know, this team did struggle to score points against the Pelicans without him. I will say that. Mm -hmm. They didn't have a player over 20 points that entire game. And so they're going to need, in moments like this, guys like Carl Anthony Towns that have big offensive nights in order to carry the weight. Um, but I do expect Anthony Edwards back um, soon, if not next game, the the, the game after. I, I'm not I, – I guess I'm not too worried about it. He's a young guy. Um, he's strong. I think he's mentally tough. And let's just put it like this. I'm happy that this is happening now instead of towards the end of the season. Right. You know, get this type of stuff out of the way now. Obviously, you can't control injury, but get this type of stuff out of the way now. Um, focus on who you have in the locker room. You brought up Jaden McDaniels coming back, which will be a huge help. And it just it's crazy that you're sitting in a position that you're sitting without him in the I lineup. For most, I mean, that's special. Yes, this team has a has a the ceiling, man. It's, it's it can be really high. It can um, be it can I, be really high. But I saw uh, today, um, uh, Bill Simmons and Doc Rivers doing his ringer thing, pretty much. And Doc was a little hesitant to say, like, yeah, I think the Wolves can go to the NBA Finals. But Bill Simmons at this point is already pretty damn confident that <laughs> the Wolves can actually be an NBA Finals team. I think they got a shot. I do too. I mean, you can't argue with it. At I this think point. They got a shot. you're number one now, in the conference. Can't I want to see it. if Jaden McDaniels comes in. I don't think he's going to mess anything up because he's a guy that I think can play in a lot of different systems. He can be a three and D guy. I mean, I think he can be a guy that takes over offensively. He can be a guy that guards the best wing um, on the opposing team and take that weight off of Anthony Edwards from time to time. But I do want to see him mesh back in with this team and kind of mold right back in the way he was fitting before. But yeah, I mean the the ceiling is um, I, I I like I said I think it's possible. I think it's very possible. You know, looking at the Western Conference, I don't see a powerhouse in the West. I mean, the Lakers just won the in season tournament. That's nice, but they're not yeah. a powerhouse. OKC is really good this year. They're you young give though. Them a they're like us though. They're Lots very young. Um, you know, obviously you cannot sleep on the Denver Nuggets. They are say, a team. I, that, I feel like you know, Denver's going to get their. Thing. I mean, they're seven games over 500. They're, yeah, they're, they're I mean, doing Denver's just fine, there. but I feel like eventually they're going to put it into the next gear and yes. stuff like that. Yeah. Eventually, uh, uh, why am I blanking on his name? Uh, the, the the center for Denver. What's his name right now? Jokic. Jokic, thank mm-hmm. you. I'm thinking of uh, Jokic, who was the guy that got like hit by uh, oh, Draymond yes, and stuff yes. like that. Yeah, I get their go. names. Eventually, he's going to be fine with being back stateside, and he's not going to miss Serbia as much because that guy lives it up in Serbia, and eventually the Nuggets. I think the Nuggets will ultimately probably be the number one seed in the West. I just, I just don't doubt them. I mean, and yeah, it's, but that's I mean, too me, that's easy them. to do because they won the title last. But year. But they did I mean? say, they did say. I think it was a uh, Bruce Brown who said their toughest opponent all postseason long was the Timberwolves. They did. They so did. So I say mean, that. which they is kind match of, up well with them. Which is kind of ridiculous to say when you won the NBA Finals. You know what I mean? You played a lot of tough opponents. You know what I, I mean? mean? But whatever. We'll, we'll I take mean, I it. We'll it. take the respect. We'll take I get the it respect. Though. I get it we though because you you swept the Lakers. And you beat the Phoenix Suns. The Phoenix Suns really had two guys that was going crazy the That's whole true. series. 
they got the most games off of the Nuggets leading up into the. Actually, they got the most games off the Nuggets. I think all postseason long because I think the Heat only got one game off of them. So you could say Phoenix, but I could see a player being like, "Well, we really only had to worry about two guys going off, and if they had an off game, we knew that we had them." You know what I mean? Right. So I could kind of see where you could kind of sway towards the Timberwolves because they got a couple guys that can go out there and defend and score. And obviously they're better this year than they were last year. So that's the team you got to see. And they don't even have Bruce Brown anymore. And so, um, and the Denver Nuggets are dealing with their own little injury issues right now too. I know that Jamal Murray has missed some time. I'm not sure if he's completely back to shit, but I know he's been in and out of the lineup to start the season. Obviously they're the defending champs. You cannot sleep on them, but I don't view the Nuggets as a juggernaut. I just don't. I think they're an amazing team. I think they have arguably the, the best player in the league, but the way Anthony Edwards is ascending, man, you just you never know how it could go if those two teams match up. And more importantly, the way Rudy Gobert is defending, I feel like we talk about this every show now. But the way he's defending, he's not going to stop, you know, Nikola Jokic. But he can make his job tough. And mm-hmm. if you can make Jokic's job tough, that's the way to slow down the Nuggets. Now, obviously, they just win a championship, so that's really hard to do because he does so many things from scoring, rebounding, facilitating. I mean, he could he can literally take over a game by not scoring mm-hmm. and that you know just getting everybody else involved. But they have the defense to do it. Yes, they have the wing defenders to do it. I do think you need to. We talked about this last episode. I definitely think you need to address the backup point guard position because Shake is right. not and the last boy. Yeah. And my last point was that it looks <laughs> like Kyle Anderson's getting more uh, yeah. play at that position, and which kind of makes sense because I think I saw that Kyle's shooting like dang near eleven percent from three this season. And now, granted, he's always had kind of a goofy shot, but for whatever reason, that goofy shot ain't really working working that well. <laughs> so I think he's deferring more, and now he's looking to set up more players with his own with his own play and stuff like that. I know, like he has been a really key connection for Nas Reed's success in like pick and rolls and stuff like Speaking that. Nas, so, we never talk about Nas, him. Nas is a dude. Oh my Wizard gosh, of Nas. Dude, that boy's serious. Little we Nas never X. we never we should talk about him more when it comes to this team because he's a big part we of why get, this he, team is honestly, why you know where it is. That that boy he averages twenty one minutes a game and he should get more. Yeah. And yeah. frankly it's just because of who's in front of him. Yeah. I don't and I don't think the Wolves do not have the cojones to uh, put all three of them out at the same time Dude, for uh, for an extended period of time. This this may sound crazy, mm-hmm. but I'd be tempted to run him at the three and, from time to time. I'd be depending on the the opposing lineups that's on the floor. If a team wants to play big, do Nas can handle the ball like a guard. He's shooting from the perimeter like a guard, and he's got solid defense. So I'm like, I will be tempted. I I wouldn't do it often. I wouldn't just go out there and be like, Nas is in the starting lineup. He's playing the three, especially with Jaden McDaniels yep. coming back into the lineup because I don't, I, that just won't work. I get, I understand that. But I'd be tempted. You know, I'd be tempted to every now and then give him some burn at the three. I, w- I would be tempted because he could do some of everything. And for any other three in the league, he'd be a tough guard, a tough guard. Mm-hmm. So that's, you know, that's, that's my take. Yep. But the Wolf schedule only gets tougher from here, y'all. I mean, this, this is it. I believe they have, they have the Mavericks coming up next, I believe, on their schedule. Don't quote me on that. I, I lost my uh, my. No, that's not right. They got the Mavs. They got the Mavs. They got the, the Mavs. Pacers, okay. The yep. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the the Pacers just came off a decent run in the in season tournament, stuff like that. Tyrese Halliburton is really emerging into a superstar for that team and everything like that. So yeah, it's it's not going to be easy for the Minnesota Timberwolves, but things are going. Pretty, pretty darn good as it currently stands. And they're getting healthier. McDaniels is back. Hopefully Ant's going to be okay. And this team's going to keep rolling. 
Uh, any any quick thoughts about the Minnesota Wild? Really quick, guys. I know that wasn't really great transition, but we're kind of running out of time here. Uh, yeah. The only thing I want to really cover is that, hey, Matt Boldy is playing much better. Uh, he seems to be heating up a little bit, and that's so that's so relieving because it was a really slow start to the season, and we've seen a little bit of a, a little bit of an incline in the standings. I believe the Wild are now only four points out of a playoff spot in that wild card uh, behind the Arizona Coyotes, but they're still log jammed with the Oilers, the Blues, the Flames, and the Kraken. So it would appear, uh, AJ and artists, that maybe the shine of uh, you know uh, the hiring of John Hines and stuff like that is maybe worn off. This team settled a little bit down, but it is still settling in a way that is a lot better than it was uh, before we had to make the move from Dean Evison. Yeah. And I, I, today I want to say they put uh, Jonas Brodeen on LTIR long-term injury oh, reserve um, on a unnecessary, stupid, bad, dirty, use your adjective book. If you want the source, <laughs> that's the word. Um, that was just a bad hit by Evander Kane on, mm-hmm. on him last week. Don't Got know him. how the NHL Department of Player Safety doesn't have any say in the matter. Like, you know, you can see it. He sees his numbers. That's that's the type of hit that I've been seeing get preached needs to be out of the game for the past decade. And then. Oh, don't worry. I'm sure he's going to gamble and he'll take a hit to his pocketbook eventually. That's all I'll say about that. That's all I'll say about that. Yeah. It's just what. I don't know what we're doing. George Peros. Come on, man. No. Um. <laughs> But, yeah, no, uh, Matt Boldy, like you said, he's had a little resurgence. He's playing like a man. And this is the what, – what I was seeing from him is what I saw from Jordan Greenway, his time with the Wild. Um, arguably, at times, Charlie Coyle, uh, his time mm-hmm. with the Wild, where Charlie Coyle, he went to Boston, he figured it out. And whether that was because he's kind of a Boston guy, he needed that, and the confidence in the Bruins' way of being just as good as they have been um, helped him, sure. But – in Matt Boldy, who is like I want to say six two, maybe six one, like he he's he's a taller forward. He was playing like he's five foot seven. He was playing like he's Marco Rossi yeah. size. You are strong. Go drive to the net. That's what I want to see. And now we've seen that um, he's been picking it up in the defensive zone too. Uh, John Hines, um, I want to say compared him to Jewel Erickson Eck, who is like. I mean, that is your two-way forward if there ever has been one. Um, he's just got a motor on him. That's crazy. I'm still waiting for Kirill uh, to, man, yeah. to pick it up. I know he's. it sounds like he's still got something going on with that injury that he sustained last season when Logan Stanley fell on him um, up in Winnipeg. But it's uh, the sooner the better because if he doesn't get going, like you're not yeah. going to really have any success, even as good as Matt Boldy has been. Um, Kirill is your driving factor. He is the, Ed, to, to steal a phrase from Phil Mackey, the, the straw that stirs the drink, so to speak. Mm. Um, when, when he's humming, so is everybody else. He brings a different level of energy um, and just the, the dynamic play that he brings to the ice with each shift yeah. is so noticeable. And we just really haven't seen him regain that 100% type of play that we've grown used to here in the state of hockey. So um, I do want Kirill to kind of get back. I know he's probably limited to an extent just with whatever's going on with him, but you know, Hey, you got, you got your medical staff there. You just keep working at it. Keep trying to rehab it every day and whatever way that you can. And hopefully it's sooner than later. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, goaltending seems yeah. to be turned around too, which I think I is due, to say, in part, yeah. due in part to what you're seeing on the other side of the, the ice, 200 feet away, not having to have 
38-year-old Marc-Andre Fleury down in the crouch constantly getting worn out. Crazy right. enough, that benefits him a little bit. Uh, Philip Gustafson, it was a, it was against the Seattle Kraken, who are a team that struggles to find the back of the net, but a shutout in the NHL is a shutout. Just like yeah. a 3-0 win for the Vikings against, <laughs> against the Raiders is a win nonetheless. Yep. So Amen. hopefully... For a for a position and a like that is so mental. Hopefully that's that's going to get him in the right groove, and uh, that's what Phil Gustafson needed to hopefully have more of what we saw last year, where it doesn't uh, we don't have the one season wonder talks for him anymore. Go yeah. back out there, keep being the Gus Bus that uh, everybody boarded last season, and let's uh, keep playing some hockey here, fellas. Yeah, shirtless John Merrill. Yeah, he needs to get on that bus. You know what I mean? That that is that is the best commercial the Wild have ever put out. By the way, the whole weird Wild Gus bus thing, very yeah, awkward and uh, not suitable for work. Tour. Some naughty words that they said too. Did I say off the top of the show though when I was like teasing like, oh yeah, which three nothing win was more interesting, the Vikings or the Wild? Did I say the Wild played the Vancouver Canucks though? I think oh. I might. I, I, do you guys remember if I did? I'll have to go back and watch. They played the Seattle Kraken. There's, uh, no, I just, I they played the wrong. Canucks just, somewhat recently, though. They, so. Right, and they won two. They beat the Canucks two to nothing. So just, just like the Nurkic, uh, no Jokic kind they of. They lost I, two I, to I nothing that game. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> hey, we have we. Hey, I had a moment last week. That was a moment. <laughs> there we go. Watch See, it. welcome to Taxi Squad, anybody, everybody. But yeah, last thing, really quick on the Wild, a uh, fun little Matt Boldy stat. Um, this is like just a sign of not only like he's figuring things out now, but just throughout his career, he's been pretty darn good. I found this where uh, five on five. Here are the top ten players on five on five goals per hour through the age of 22. You got number one, Austin Matthews. No surprise. Number two, Alex Ovechkin. Also no surprise there. Number three, Sidney Crosby. Number four, Steven Stamkos. And number five, Matt Boldy. And that's ahead of guys like Jason <laughs> Robertson, Bobby Ryan, Tarasenko, Cole Caulfield, oh my God. Tyler the streets don't The streets don't forget Bobby Ryan back in the day. Oh, my God. Bobby <laughs> Quick, Connor quick, McDavid, quick home, quick homework for for anybody out there who enjoys hockey. Just Google Bobby Ryan first goal. <laughs> oh my God, a work of art, Bobby Ryan. <laughs> I'll have to look it up. I'm not familiar with it. Oh me too. The, me the streets, too, the streets don't forget the young Bobby don't. Ryan. <laughs> I must not have grown up on that street. Me and Art is not. We haven't been around that block. We, I guess we, we don't know what we're block. talking about. Yeah, man. We don't we, know what we're talking about. I guess we about. gotta go out there and see what we'll, see we'll what get educated is, though. We'll yeah. get educated. We'll get there. Right on, right on. Okay, that's gonna have to wrap things up here on the Score North Taxi Squad. Another lively show. Just another the quarterback carousel for the Minnesota Vikings has just taken fourth the fourth quarterback we're gonna be starting, guys. Like this is just. This is just crazy. I can't believe we've gotten to this point with the season with the Minnesota Vikings, and yet they're still in playoff contention, too. So there's so much to talk about in that regard. Obviously, Wolves, hopefully they can keep rolling um, during this tough stretch of the regular season here, and hopefully the Wild can just, you know, keep picking away at the standings and stuff like that. They dug themselves into a deep hole, but they made some ground this week a little bit. So we'll we'll just have to wait and see what happens. Guys, any final thoughts before we wrap things up for the week? Please put Jaron Hall in the game. <laughs> Nick Hall, Nick Mall's gonna throw like 400 yards and four touchdowns. Man. I just watch. Don't yeah. believe and then, me, and, just and, watch. Then, and then the next game, he's gonna throw like four interceptions. And I can't do that, man. We've already suck. no the peaks and the valleys with Dobbs have been too much for me to handle this season. I can't have another quarterback doing this to me, man. Oh my god! Go to scorenorth.com. You can still get your Pastronaut t-shirts if you still yes. want. They're still available. Any size, any color. You go ahead, scorenorth.com, and any of our other of our Score North merch, we got that for you. <laughs> as well 
And my last, my last parting thought. I uh, made a mental note, mental error. I was thinking of Jordan Everly's first goal, but still do. Oh. I was thinking of Bobby Ryan's first game back after his uh, absence for health reasons. That mm. first game back, hat trick, just a baller. Streets don't forget. What a stud. All right, that's going to wrap things up on the Score North Taxi Squad, everybody. Let's see, where can you listen to this fun little podcast? Oh, uh, scorenorth.com, the Score North mobile app, uh, Apple, Spotify. We got their logos up there for you to see. And if you want to see our cute little faces, at least my mom says my uh, face is still cute. Um, She might not have said that in the last, like, 20 years or so. But anyway, uh, you can check us out on the Score North uh, YouTube channel. My name is Jason Stormer. That's AJ Fredrickson. And that's Artist Woods. And we will check you out on the next time on the Score North Taxi Squad. Until then, take care. Have a great week. Bye-bye now.